Welcome back to another episode of the Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy Into the Night, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And we are from the Predator Minute. Hey! Hey! Nice uh, to be back here with you, John, talking about Into the Night Minute what are we, 44? Minute 44. 44, yeah, the mm. Reggie Jackson of minutes. Oh, I was hoping you'd have a sports <laughs> reference. Nice. <laughs> right well off done. the dome. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, minute 44 of Into the Night opens with Diana saying, Iranians or Persians or something. Or something. <laughs> and, <laughs> or something. <laughs> and, it, and it ends with Diana saying, it's my only way out of this. Hmm. Hmm. So talking 44. Yeah. So this is a, a full uh, dialogue minute. Mm-hmm. We, we really just jump back and forth in conversation here between dialogue our two. Dialogue minute. Dialogue minute. Yep. Welcome to dialogue minute. Um, <laughs> we jump back and forth between our, our two main characters here. And she is continuing to explain to uh, Ed, Jeff Goldblum, that uh, well, she's kind of finishing up her explanation of why she's in trouble, and then in the second half of the conversation is trying to convince him to continue to help him, help her. Yeah, yeah. Help me. Help me. Help me. It's my only way out of this. I, I, I'm catching a another strong Star Wars vibe oh, here. I mentioned I'm glad this you a couple minutes ago. Up. Yeah, yeah. This this. Would you help me get to him? It's my only way out of this. Is very very much. Help me, Obi-Wan. You're my only hope. You're my only hope. That's what only I thought hope. of, too. Yeah. So Jeff Goldblum is the Obi-Wan Kenobi of <laughs> this movie. <laughs> uh, dead? Oh, no. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and uh, we, we'll come back to that similarity between those two movies in, in a little bit. But uh, if you want to start off here, Jeff, with a dramatic line reading i think that'd be kind of fun like your mentions a lot of dialogue well, yeah let's, let's give the listeners the dialogue that they wish to hear now who's gonna be diana and who's gonna be ed that's the real question uh, i felt like you're really good at delivering on diana's lines of <laughs> the stones the stones oh the stones the stones i dropped that in a couple times uh yesterday as <laughs> on yesterday's minute did you i did stones. oh good stones the stones um sure i can be okay. diana all right yeah. i'll be ed iranians or persians or something they're on visas they don't want trouble uh-huh well this is kind of outside my field Christ, I can't get a hold of Jack. He would help me. Who's Jack? He's a friend of mine. Is he involved in this? Jack? No. Jack doesn't need any more money. I guess he doesn't need me anymore, either. <laughs> Look, maybe if you explain to the police that you're doing what you thought was a job... Yeah, what? That I'm a smuggler? No. <laughs> okay, so now what? Well, I know someone who could help me. Would you help me get to him? It's my only way out of this. You're my only hope. Sounds like you're my only hope. Yeah. Snap, snap, Obi-Wan, snap. Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. I see, done. Oh, so and much. scene. All right. Oh, and scene. We should break down this conversation a little bit. I have, I have sure. some things to say. Uh, you mentioned 
off mic when she opens with Iranians or Persians or something. <laughs> <laughs> you had a line uh, when we're off mic saying, uh, this is kind of generally stereotypical of like just someone not knowing someone's nationality. Yeah, just sort of um, lumping in uh, people together, right? Yeah, Iranians, yeah. Middle Eastern, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Very night, very 1985 into the night. <laughs> the bad guys in this movie have that heavy, heavy brush painted on them of, oh, they're random Middle Eastern, angry, yelling, violent guys. Yeah. Mustaches so and sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. Including, of course, John Landis playing the mute um, Savak member chasing right. him down. down. Yeah. Uh, she says... <laughs> I don't know if she who she's saying. I can't tell from last minute to this minute if she's talking about who really wants the stones. stones. The stones. The stones. Ultimately, um, probably not the people chasing her. Probably some other people trying to make a deal. So I think she's referring to them as Iranians or Persians or something. Mm-hmm. And then her next line is, "They're on visas. They don't want trouble." When <laughs> if she's talking about the bad guys, Savak, they're definitely wanting trouble. They murdered someone in front of her in cold blood at yeah. the very beginning of this movie. Yeah, if they didn't want it, they already found it. So yeah, they found it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that logic doesn't quite add up there. But you know, she's it's the heat of the moment. She's she's worried. It's hard to hard to get in her head here. Mm-hmm. And now, and then in the second half of the conversation, she is is well. She talks about her friend Jack. Blah, blah. Jack. 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 <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Tune in to Predator Minute. Predator Minute. In the second half of the convo, she seems pretty insistent that Ed is the one that can help her here. Because mm-hmm. he mentions, what if you go to the police? And she instantly shuts him down, doesn't she? She does. Yeah. She says, no, I'm a smuggler. I can't go to the police. But you bring up a good, you brought up a good point about this, right? It, it, she's a smuggler, but at the very, you know, early on in this uh, sequence of events, she witnessed a murder. Right. I think that might supersede her being a smuggler, maybe. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. Like a capital crime happening right then and there. Why not say that? Although maybe she's saying, hey, because I'm a smuggler, I am not going to be believed by the police. I'm just going to be dismissed mm. as trying to push off the, the blame or push the suspicion onto someone else. Yeah, perhaps. I, I I don't know if that is what really would happen, but uh, uh, I can understand maybe that's her state of mind. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. And uh, and then she's really insistent that uh, our hero, Ed, be the one to help her, which I think is kind of funny because she just ran into this guy. He did save her life. That was good. Mm-hmm. But at this point, he's just, you know, kind of a guy in khakis uh, with a car. Well, he, do- he doesn't even have his car anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess they have a cool car they uh, quote unquote borrowed um, mm-hmm. at this point. But uh yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's all movie logic. Like they need, yeah. we need these two people to work together so we can have fun for the rest of the movie. But it is uh, pretty silly that she's so insistent that he be the one to help her. Yeah, and that's that's a motif. It happens many times through the movie where she's just saying, "Hey, just help me make it to this next stop. Help me meet this next person." Yeah, it's, it's keeps very, dragging along. Yeah. Yeah, it's very dra- dragging of her just to, come on, come on, come on. And I'll I'll talk more about what kind of character she's representing here. It's it's a heavy trope, the manic pixie dream girl. We can refer to that more in minute 45, though, because yeah. this minute really, in my opinion, if we're to talk about the meat of it, should, I think, be about this idea of the stones representing this thing everybody wants in this movie. And uh, that's a very common item in movies 
that TV trope wise, we call a MacGuffin or just cinematic wise, we call the, a MacGuffin that desired item that helps drive the plot that everybody's after. Yeah. Love the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin is a heavily used plot device. Mm -hmm. Some of my favorite movies have a MacGuffin. Yeah. So I I, I feel like I should go over the rules that TV tropes laid out for it to truly be a MacGuffin because some of the things we're going to talk about will be true MacGuffins and some won't. But when we're talking about that, I'm not going to care about what's true, what's not. But just to just to tell someone, you know, the the rules here. So they're playing along. So if I could uh, uh, set you up here. Welcome everyone to MacGuffin (laughs) Minute. (laughs) Oh, it'd be good to put some intense like chase music behind this. Right. Yeah. I'll just do it in the background. Going to run out of steam real fast, but we'll do it. Yeah, that's all I got. So TV Tropes lays out that a true MacGuffin must what's the word I'm looking for? Meet two major requirements. Is the nature of the item interchangeable? In other words, if you replaced the six stones in this movie with any other thing, would the plot change at all or the plot remain the same? And if instead she said six stones, she said, you know, six really precious Iranian shoes, would the plot change? Six million dollars. Six bajillion dollars. Mm -hmm. I, I would argue the plot would not change. That's still a, a valuable thing that they're after, correct? Correct. It's still just a valuable thing they're after. So yes, the first step is met for this to be a true MacGuffin. Let's see what the second step is. The okay. second step or second question to answer is, is the nature of the item irrelevant to the plot? Mm. So it might have immense value, but does it have any kind of function besides just being valuable? Is there some kind of like thing they put it into later and then the room lights up and they can see the map or is this just simply something that people are chasing because of its value? I, I think it does. I think it meets that criteria too. They're I just chasing it, it because, because it's valuable because it's worth money, right? Yeah. Because it's worth it's, money because basically we are just chasing it because it was taken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So second check mark. That's it. This is the two for two. That's it. Okay. I think we have a true MacGuffin. Got ourselves a MacGuffin. Yeah. So you scoring at home, if uh, you feel like writing down your own personal favorite MacGuffins, go for it and then decide with those two criteria, is it a true MacGuffin or is it not? And in the end, <laughs> doesn't matter as long as you're having fun <laughs> categorizing uh, your MacGuffins. <laughs> Categorize uh, the term MacGuffin. And this is from TV Tropes or Wikipedia, I can't remember, uh, was popularized by Alfred Hitchcock, who credited one of his screenwriters, Angus McPhail, with the creation of this concept in the name Great for name. <laughs> Angus McPhail. It's Angus they would call it. McPhail. <laughs> they should have called him uh, McPhail. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> after that McPhail. Everyone's after the McPhail. So uh, the, the, the joke that Alfred Hitchcock uh, cites. Uh, to Angus McPhail for the MacGuffin, it says, a man is riding on a train when a second gentleman gets on and sits down across from him. The first man notices the second is holding an oddly shaped package. What is that? The first man asks. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to work on that Scottish. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) MacGuffin, a tool used to hunt lions in the Scottish Highlands. But there are no lions in the Scottish Highlands, says the first man. Well then, says the other. There's no MacGuffin. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like your uh, accent is funnier than the joke. <laughs> That's probably why he called him MacGuffin. It's like, I like your accent, Angus McPhail. 
That was good. You really just kind of sounded like Sean Connery there. <laughs> going full Connery. <laughs> You're the man now, dog. <laughs> That's no MacGuffin now, dog. That's no MacGuffin. You should be reading books <laughs> of burning them. The stones. <laughs> my, my, your b****s are big. I'm, gonna, I'm going to have to bleep that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's another one. Double bleep. <laughs> Sean Connery Minute. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, where maybe, were we? So we're we're gonna we'll, let's track down some of our favorite MacGuffins, and I'm gonna. Oh yeah, let's talk I'm, MacGuffins and other movies, or just other stories. So the reason I bring up other stories is because being me being the history nerd, one of the earliest examples you have of a MacGuffin was in the ancient Greek tales of Jason and the Argonauts when they're pursuing oh. this item called the Golden Fleece, which the only function of the Golden Fleece was once Jason has it, then he can be the rightful heir to the throne that's the only reason so is it interchangeable with something else sure it could be like a golden sword hmm. yeah so is it interchangeable yes uh is it relevant to the plot again does it really matter what it is no it's no. a true macguffin one of the earliest true macguffins in true history MacGuffin. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead uh, jeff once you wrap a little bit about what are, what are some of your favorite macguffins in stories or films all right well a couple that uh come to mind for me would be um one of my favorite comedies of all time which is the Big Lebowski. Oh. We have the MacGuffin of the ransom money. The ransom money. The ransom money. Which you never really see, but it's the device, it's the thing that ends up setting all of the zany events in motion in that movie. Well, in the beginning, I guess it's his rug. That's what starts it off. But mm -hmm. very quickly, he gets a rug back and the plot turns because he's contacted again by the big Lebowski to go mm -hmm. try to get his wife back. And the ransom money gets involved and the plot gets all convoluted. But it all really centers around this, this money that people are trying to get their hands on. So that's uh, that is one of my favorite MacGuffins, and we never actually see the money. So hmm. it is a true MacGuffin. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Do you have a, a MacGuffin that you like? <laughs> yeah, I, I instantly went to my favorite movie, Star Wars, and the Death Star plans as a MacGuffin. I realize it's not mm. a true MacGuffin because those plans definitely have a say in the rest of the plot once the uh, good guys ultimately have the Death Star plans. But at the same time, that's what they're chasing in the beginning of the movie, and they're referring to time and time again throughout the movie. Yeah, it does kind of set things in motion in, in episode four, doesn't it? Yeah, so there's yeah. another Star Wars tie-in. I can't help but find my Star Wars tie-ins. Do you have any other ones come to mind? Uh, the, the big one that jumps out at me as well is uh, Pulp Fiction, of course. Mm, yeah, yeah. Pulp Fiction is one of my favorite movies, and that is a, a true MacGuffin because you don't even know what's in the briefcase. Mm -hmm. You never even see it. No one ever even explains it. All you know is there's a briefcase with something. That is the truest of true MacGuffins. Mm -hmm. You know, famously at the end of that movie, they open the briefcase and like their faces kind of glow gold. Right. right. Um, I and you know, I think that is just done for effect to just sort of give whatever's in the briefcase uh, more mystery than it already has mm -hmm. so yeah pulp fiction i think is one of the ultimate MacGuffins for sure the one i i absolutely had to uh, bring up here to tie it to this movie that we've already said a few times is the car in dude where's my car <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> 
they they spend the 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 whole movie in this post hangover <laughs> days. Dude. Just sweet. <laughs> Dude! What does mine say? <laughs> it's a sweet. Dude. <laughs> and they just spend the whole movie looking for this car, and they're just trying to track it down by following the clues, following the mm. misfit people that they come across during their day. Like, where did you last see a dude? Mm. Yeah, That's a great one. I yeah. did not think of that one. Uh, that's fun. Uh, all right. All yeah, right. One more. My, yeah, sure. For my last MacGuffin, I will uh, talk about uh, another one of my favorite 90s action movies, uh, Ronin. Mm. And uh, Ronin is stars Robert De Niro. It's an underseen movie. I feel like the people that have seen it are champions of that movie, but there's a lot of people out there that have never seen it. Yeah, it was a mid-90s, kind of mid-tier level action movie. Robert De Niro, there are some phenomenal car chases in the middle of that movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, throughout the whole film... They are chasing. It's another briefcase MacGuffin. They are after, I can't even remember if it was money or jewels, something valuable. Hmm. It doesn't really matter, which is what makes it a MacGuffin. It's just something that everyone wants. And it is continuing to drive the plot from scene to scene, sequence to sequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just the, I mean, just the fact that you can't remember what was in it tells you right away, oh, that's a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even really matter, right? It's it's just something important, something that people want. That's all that matters. As we close the minute, as you think of your own personal favorite MacGuffins or any highlight MacGuffins that we left out, well, go to Facebook to the King Lives Listeners Limo group. You can find the Into the Night podcast on iTunes and Google Play or at the main site, nightminute.com. You can also find Night Minute on Twitter. For Into the Night Minute, I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And please join us tomorrow for Minute 45 of Into the Night Minute. Goodbye. (laughs) That was naughty. (laughs) Dude. Thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category.